0: Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. Well, I want to officially welcome you this morning to Generation Church. We're going to have a great time today. I've got an awesome message planned for you that I believe that the Lord will use to stir your hearts and to help you move forward in the kingdom of God. There's a lot of great things happening. Uh, Melissa and I just got back from vacation, and so we had a great time. And uh, man, if you were a part of the team for the past two weeks that, uh, that just helped pull off the services, can you just stand up? Can we just encourage the team, all the staff, and people who served over the past couple weeks? It's so good to have such a solid team that. Melissa and I can go and, and rest and relax, and um, and you guys probably had better services with us gone, and so uh, I got a big, big, big shoes to fill today, and I believe the Lord's going to help me do that. Uh, you know, I wanted to uh, talk to you today about something that God has placed on my heart specifically for this time and this season. You know, we've been advertising that we're going to start this new series called And, and uh, we're not going to do that this weekend, and um, we're going to start that next weekend because I believe God has a prophetic word for us today, for uh, for our church that is specific to you as members of this church and to us as a whole, as a congregation. Uh, you know, we are in a, a, a place of transition right now. We're in a place that, that God has called us to, and we have some steps to take in front of us. And I believe that today uh, the Lord wants to help us take those steps and to transition well. How many you guys know that life is just full of transition? I mean, it's just life is just transition after transition after transition. And, and, and the thing about life is they never stop coming. It's like you go through one season and you get into another season and, and you're like, how did I get here? I, I thought I'd just finished that one. And, and to some degree, I think sometimes we feel like I, I just don't want to transition anymore. Anybody ever felt that way? Like, you know, can I just have a break please? Anybody just give me just a little bit of time to chill a little bit. But but you know the thing about transition is is God is the one who is orchestrating those transitions in our life. Not because he's trying to make our lives hard, but he is trying to get us into the fullness of his promise to us. And there's something to be said about what God presents to us as individuals and corporately as a church that helps us to stretch and grow. It's not transition for transition's sake. It's transition for growth's sake so that we can experience the fullness of what God wants us to do. And so when Melissa and I started this uh, this church six years ago, uh, we moved here from Virginia. We were on staff at the largest church in Richmond, Virginia thousands of people. It's on every TV station around the world, all the Christian TV's channels, all this stuff. We were big fish in a small pond. It was great. We loved it. Everybody knew everything. It was just awesome. And so God started speaking to us about transition, about moving to a place we had never lived, to a place that we didn't know anybody, and, and starting something that God had placed as a seed inside of our heart. And so six years ago, we left that place being big fish in a small pond. And we came to South Florida, and we realized we're little fish in a small pond. And it felt so, um, so unsure. And we didn't know where we were going, what we were doing. We started this church. We were leaving our family and our friends and, and everything that we knew. We were giving all of the money that we had saved up over the years. And we planted this church. And we did it on faith. And we walked in walked out of one season and into another season. And we began to walk in the inheritance that God had called us to have, the promise that God had made us. Even before we were ever born, God saw what Ben and Melissa were supposed to do, and we were starting to take those steps. So when we came here, we we planted this church off of a few scriptures. One of them was out of Numbers 13. And it talks about the 12 spies that went in to spy out the promised land. Now, 10 of those spies, they went in and said, wow, this land, it's too big for us. But two of the spies came out and they said, no, 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 wait, listen, guys, I know it's big. I know there are a lot of people there. I know there are obstacles in the way, but, but listen, listen, we, we can do this. We've got this. And the two spies that came out and they were, they were for the transition, they tried to persuade the other guys to have faith and to move in, but the other guys, they couldn't get to it. The other 10 spies, they they began to say this. They said, listen, we can't do this. We are grasshoppers. In their sight, and we're grasshoppers in our own sight. They, they saw themselves as small, and they saw themselves as as too small to occupy what God had called them to do. And because of that, they began to miss out on all that God has for their life. And for forty years, those people they sat right there at the edge of their promise, looking over the Jordan River, seeing all that God had promised them—the inheritance of their life, all that He had called them and created them to do. Forty years they watched it trickle by in the Jordan River and they couldn't take the steps of transition to get where God wanted them to be. And the reality is so many of us, that's how we live our lives. We're right on the precipice of what God has in store for us. There's something that God wants to to get you to step into, but but there are obstacles. There are giants in the land. There are people there. There are things that, that cause us to be apprehensive. And so Melissa and I used to go around saying, I'm not a grasshopper. Are you a grasshopper? And it's kind of funny. Our staff know this. People buy us little stuffed grasshopper toys, and they're all in our shelf on our office because for so long, we hung to those scriptures, I'm not a grasshopper, babe, are you? I don't care the year we planted this church, two other churches closed down. This pastor left, that pastor left. This pastor ended up in all kinds of mess. It doesn't matter what's happening around this town. We're not grasshoppers, and we're not going to get caught up in what everybody else is getting caught up in. We are going to fulfill what God has called us to do. And so we kept going. We kept going and pushing through and, and allowing God to develop for us this place of transition. And every time Generation Church grows and every time we add a new service or we build out a kid's church or we build out a building, I always go back to the story of Joshua because it is in the bedrock of what we, we planted this church with. And every time we grow, I always ask the Lord, I say, Lord, is this the time we cross the Jordan River or are we still camping out in the wilderness? Are we still waiting to see you begin to unleash us? Because there's a lot to do when you start a church. You know, it's a baby church. You've got to teach this church how to, to transition from drinking milk to meat. And there's infrastructure and things. And, and so there's always a season of maturing and growth and a season of wilderness. The wilderness is not bad. The wilderness is there to develop us. And so every time we grow, I ask the Lord, Lord, is this the season we're going to walk out of the wilderness and cross the Jordan? And as we started building this new facility out, I, I looked over there and I said, thanks, Lord. That's great. I love it and all, but I don't think that's it. I hope and I pray. Come on, you got a little bit bigger vision than what we built so far, right? And I looked at that and I said, it's nice, Lord. Thank you. I, I, I am so blessed that you have given us this, this 500-seat auditorium over here. But, but God, I'm not sure that this is, is this what you called us to? Because I want more than just that. I, I want to not only reach this city, I want to reach this state. And I don't want to reach just this state. I want to impact this nation. And I want to impact this world. From, from South Florida, we can impact the globe. And so every time I ask God, God, is this the season? And I looked at that place and a part of me said, no, it's just one more step in the wilderness. And I'm okay with that because I want to grow and I want to develop in everything that God has called us to. And so in the third week of July or June, we went to Nashville, Tennessee, and we spent some time with Pastor Jim, who's our father in the faith. And while we were there in one of the services, after the service was over, he stopped and he said, Pastor Ben and Melissa, I feel like the Lord has given me a word for you. And so at the end of the service, he he gave us this word, and it was out of the book of Joshua chapter three and chapter four. I thought, wow, that's great. And so, you know, inside of me I'm thinking, okay, that's that's cool. We're transitioning. Joshua's my man. I wanna be like that. You know, I wanna I wanna transition well. And so we left that and we came back here and, and we had Makita Pennycook here. I don't know if you guys remember her. She's the executive pastor for Freedom House Church, Troy and Penny in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so she was here and she's doing some executive training for our staff. And um, at the end of that, she was going to teach a session to our staff. And she came to us and we had a little meeting beforehand. And she said, you know, I had this whole thing prepared. I was going to teach to your staff, but, but God woke me up in the middle of the night last night. And he said, you need to teach them out of Joshua chapter three. Now at this point, I'm, I'm starting to pay attention a little bit. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but um, I'm also uh, you know, relatively perceptive from time to time. And so I'm thinking, okay, God, what, what are you doing here? And, and then the next day, Melissa receives an email from a person that used to be on staff here. They were our first worship pastors here. They pastor a great church in Georgia now. And she said, I was praying for you. And the Lord gave me two dreams for you. And then the Lord woke me up and took me to Joshua chapter 3. And so she wrote down all the things that the Lord spoke to her about Joshua chapter 3. And she emailed it to us. And at this point, I'm stepping back and I'm saying, okay, God, I see what you're doing here. I see where you're taking us. And, and, and so I realized that three different people in three different states within a seven-day period, God supernaturally and prophetically spoke to them through them to us. And today I want to deliver to you the essence of what God is saying to us as a church. It's time for us to transition and it's time for us to transition well. See, I know sometimes in life that it's not easy to transition because we like things the way we like them. Things that change mess with us. I don't want my stuff changed. I want it to be where I left it when I get back. Anybody ever felt that way? Like, just don't mess with my junk. Like, remember when you first got married? I was like, what do you do? I don't have, you, you sold my clothes? What am I going to wear? You threw away my tennis shoes? Don't touch my stuff. We don't like change, but, but transition requires change. And, and the sad part is, for some of us, we have been sitting on the banks of the Jordan River waiting for a transition. And God is waiting on us to put our feet in the water. And see, as we transition corporately as a church, it's not just the whole church that transitions. It's you individually. As a matter of fact, for the whole church to transition, it has to start with the individual, every single one of you. And so this move that we make is not just for the organization called Generation Church. This move is for you. Because some of you have been spending years, decades, maybe even a lifetime wondering, wishing, waiting, asking God, God, why? What? What is my next step? What am I supposed to do? Looking for some level of fulfillment, just going through the motions in life. And I believe that this transition is for you. I believe that God has things in store for you that he has orchestrated your life specifically for this time and for this season to begin to release you and unleash you in the thing that he has created you and called you to do. But you have to transition well. You have got to get to the place where you understand that transition requires change. And change is not bad. Change is good. you got to get to the place where you realize that God wants to, to maybe take some old things that were in the past and just disconnect them and give you some new things. You can't transition and go across the Jordan River with junk in your trunk. you got to release some of that stuff. The Bible says this in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43 and verse 16. It says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished and they are quenched like a wick. Verse 18, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? See, God has painted a picture for many of you for your life. There's a canvas of what God has done for you, it's the past that God has been working on for you. But as you transition, you've got to be careful not to pull that painting through to the next place. Please don't make God have to paint over what he painted in the past. Bring God a new canvas. Let the old things be the old things and be willing to walk into something that is new for you. Be willing to change and grow a little bit. Be willing to transition. Be willing to open your heart to what God wants to do because he wants to take you from here to there to grow you in order for you to get from here to there you've got to cut loose some stuff you've got to allow God to begin to develop the next phase of your life there's a generation to reach out here and the way we did it 10 years ago doesn't work now and it's not going to work 10 years into the future we've got to be nimble and quick and pliable with God or we're going to end up as people sitting on this side of the Jordan watching our inheritance disappear Let the old things pass away and let God do a new thing. And I love how Isaiah says it. Should you not know it? He asked that question. Would you not know it in your heart? And if you're being really honest about where you are as a person, a family, where we are as a church, is there not a knowing in your heart that God is doing something? Isn't there a stirring inside of your soul That you know that that you stand on the edge of God doing something big. You stand on the edge of of God doing something fresh and something new. And in the midst of that place of knowing what God is wanting to do, there's the other side of you that says, I don't know if I want to go. There's the other side of you that says, I don't know, the water looks pretty deep. There's the other side of you that says, well, we've been here for 40 years. There's the other side of you that says, but what if? What, What if we do this or what if we do that? And in many people's hearts, there's this battle about transition. Do we embrace it or do we stay in the wilderness? And as you embrace the transition, you begin to enjoy all that God has promised you. It's the way God has designed the kingdom. And so I want to unpack for you this weekend the story of Joshua chapter 3. It's one thing to tell you that we're transitioning. It's another thing to show us how to cross over. How do we do this? How do, you, how do you transition well? You know, how do you respond when somebody takes your parking space because we're reaching thousands of people in this city? What happens when you come in and somebody's sitting in your seat, Lindsey Brown? Johnson, dang it. How do you respond when when things aren't the way you want them to be, when when there's a lot of people around and the church continues to grow? How how are you going to handle those transitions? Are you going to stay in the wilderness and back off, or are you going to walk into the newness that God has for you, and are you going to enjoy the fruit of your inheritance? See, the Scripture tells us that our inheritance is the nation's. Our inheritance is not a great church. Our inheritance is not a great family, although we have both of those. Our inheritance is this city. Our inheritance is South Florida. Our inheritance is all the things that come along with making a global impact in our generation. To make our days count. To stand before Jesus one day in heaven and have Jesus step back and say, wow. You guys from South Florida impacted the world. Think about where we're going to be in another six years, in another 16 years, or 18 years, or 25 years. Imagine what God is going to do with you as you transition well. So let's unpack Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Please grab your Bibles, your iPads, your Kindles, tattoo it on your arm. Get ready to write some things down. How do we cross over? Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. It says Joshua, rose early in the morning, and they set out from the acacia grove, and they came to uh, the to the Jordan. And he and all of the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. Underline in your Bible, all of the children of Israel. Notice that as they began to transition, it wasn't fragmented. It wasn't just the the people who are um, aggressive for the things of God. It it wasn't just the cute people that showed up. It it wasn't just the people who um, have great jobs and a family. It it wasn't just the people who were the priests or the Levites. It wasn't just the people that, that were supposed to be there it was all of the people and they lodged there they gathered there on the banks of the Jordan River as I read that I get this this picture of them them camping out and preparing to cross over and we are in that place of transition if you want to transition well both as a church and transition well in your own personal life you got to get to that place of being unified with other people That all of us are together. We're all going for the same goal. Our goal is to get people in this city through those doors and down to the foot of the cross to meet Jesus. And then to take those people, including all of us, and grow and disciple each other. That's the goal of Christianity. So they were all together getting ready to cross over, camped out on the side of the Jordan. Verse 2, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Underline that in your Bible, go after it. The Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of God was housed in those days. God's presence is housed inside of you, the temple of the Holy Spirit today. But back then, God in his presence resided in the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant. Also in the Ark of the Covenant were the Ten Commandments, God's Word, the lamp unto our feet. Also in the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod that budded. And it, it was significant because it showed that God worked miraculous things in people's lives. Also in the Ark of the Covenant was a pot of manna, which shows that God's provision is there. Now listen, as they they had the Ark of the Covenant and they raised it up and, and they sought the people, they pursued it. They went after the presence of God. And if you want to transition well, you have to pursue God's presence as one people. You have to pursue God's presence in unity. When we come in on the weekend service, it's not about just coming in and having great worship. It's about pursuit. Of his presence. It's about being ready for these services. It's about taking some time before you get here and praying and asking the Lord, God, what is it that you want to work through me to do today? Who is it, God, that you want me to carry to the foot of the cross? What are you doing, God? What is the purpose for me in this church today? What is it that you are doing that you have seen from before the foundations of the world, God? How do you want to work through me? And what do you want me to do to be your vessel of honor today? pursuit of his presence and unity you know as we transition a lot of the things that hold us back is what was encapsulated in that ark. how many times do you have opportunities to transition into a new season but we fail to do so because we have fears of provision like i don't know if i could take this step god because i don't know if i'm going to be provided for there The manna that was in the Ark of the Covenant that was housed in with God's presence. It's the significance of God's provision. And as you transition personally and corporately, God provides. Where he guides, he provides. Where he gives vision, he gives a provision. And so you can't let those things hold you back. Those excuses that keep us encamped for 40 years on this side of the promise. Aaron's rod that budded is a sign of God's supernatural work happening in your life. How many times does, does God give us an opportunity to cross over, to transition, but we don't go because we feel like there's too much impossible in front of us? God, you got to do way too much for me to transition into this new place. You're going to have to work a miracle, and I don't know if you can do that. I know that they say you're the miracle-working God, but I don't know if I believe it. And to some degree, many of us stand on this side of the promise because we're not sure God's going to follow through on what he promised to us, that God is able. See, as they lifted up the presence of the Lord in that ark, it signified that his word would guide them, that Aaron's... Rod was God's supernatural power working in their situation and that the manna was God's supernatural provision. Every time you take a step from where you are to where God is taking you, those three things are indicative of that transition. So we've got to learn how to pursue God in unity. Pursue God and not worry about the other parts of that. Pursue the ark. Pursue the presence of God. Verse 4. Yet they were there and there shall be a space between you and it. Talking about the ark. That space should be about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. So here they were, the Ark of the Covenant was raised up. They're supposed to pursue the presence of God, but yet not get too close. They were supposed to stay back 2,000 cubits. And the reason God told them to do that is so that they could pursue the presence, but they could keep their eyes on the big picture. And sometimes we can get so drilled down in our little section of our world and our orbit and what we're doing, our area of the church, our ministry, our seat, our parking place, what we're doing or that or the other, that we get so zero focused, down, laser focused, down to what we're doing that we miss the big picture. And part of transitioning well is being able to pursue the presence, but stay back far enough that you can keep your eye on the big picture. Because the reality is, as we grow and change, there are going to be things that have to transition. There are going to be decisions that the staff and the team are going to have to make in order to reach people. And if you're so zero focused down in one little area and you don't get the big picture, it's going to frustrate you. So God told them as they transitioned, pursue the presence, but stay back far enough so you can keep your eye. And he said that because this is an area that you have not passed by before. See, it was the same as the Red Sea, but it was different. They had crossed the Red Sea in the past, but it wasn't the same kind of crossing. See, they went through the Red Sea, and the Red Sea was a signifying event that cut loose all of the past. It's the same, but it's different. As they crossed over the Jordan, he said, you've got to keep your eye on all that's happening because you have not passed through or transitioned this way before. And for many of us here today, the transition that we're walking through as a church and you personally is a new transition. You haven't passed this way before. It may have some similarities, but it's going to have some differences as well. Verse 5. And Joshua spoke and said to the people, Therefore, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There's a part of transitioning well that requires us to sanctify our hearts. There's a part of what God does is he draws you from the place of the wilderness into the place of the promise that you've got to cut loose some of the past, that some of the things that you have been trailing in your life, some of the little sins and weights that easily beset you, some of the things that have plagued you for days and years and months and maybe even your entire life, you've got to sanctify yourself and set yourself apart for the work that God has for you you Sanctification, being sequestered for God, being set apart for God, positions you to operate in all that God has for you as a person and all that God has for us as a people. What it really means is that we become singularly focused as a people. All the other stuff gets cut loose. And what I love about that is as they sanctified themselves, they got rid of sin. They got rid of all the other distractions. God did wonders among them. Isn't it amazing that before God does miracles, there's an act of sanctification Before God pours out revival, there's an act of repentance. Before God does anything great or gives anybody the promise, there's always a a circumcision of the heart that has to go on. And I encourage you, if you have sin in your life, I encourage you over the next few weeks, don't let that sin stop you from transitioning into what God has for you. Cut the stuff loose. Be done with it. Allow God to take you from where you are to the next place. So they sanctified themselves because tomorrow God was going to do wonders. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, "This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with you, I will also as I was with Moses, I will also be with you. And you shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in it." When you get to the place of the crossing, go ahead and take a step. That's what God's saying. And many of you today stand at the edge of the next season of your life. And God is saying to you today, prophetically, take a step. Some of you, God has been leaning on you asking you to connect with this team, to be a part of a life group, to be a part of a a ministry team, to to be a part of what God's going here, doing here. And for some reason, you've, you've been standing off in the distance. Today, God is saying, go ahead and take a step. And as you take a step, he's gonna elevate you in this city. He's gonna give you a position of ministry in this city. He's gonna give you a place where you impact people's lives in this city. And God is going to bless you through that. So, as we cross over, we take his presence to the city. Verse 9 So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Pezerites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. As we step forward, and we cross over, God removes the mountains and the obstacles that have been in front of your life. But he doesn't remove those until you step into the water. He doesn't begin to level those mountains that have hindered you in life until you take the first step. He doesn't dry up the rivers until you put your feet into the edge of the banks and you can stand there for a lifetime and ask for the mountain to be moved and ask for the Red Sea to be split and ask for the Jordan to be parted and until you take the first step and you say, all right, God, I'm here. He's waiting on you to take that first step. And then God begins to work miraculous things in your life. It's a place of victory. You know, I looked up a few years ago what these these names mean. You know, when they named a city or a river or a person, a person, place, or thing back then, they named it because it was what it stood for. It wasn't just an arbitrary name. They named those people, places, and things what they meant. For instance, Hivites, it's a place of fear. So when you take a step, all of those obstacles, whether it's fear, whether it's financial issues, whether it's sin, it doesn't matter what it is. Those names, they represent something. When you take a step, God drives those things out of your path. And he makes a path where there was no path. So often we're waiting on the obstacles to move first. And God is waiting on us to take a step. Verse 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men of the tribes of Israel, one from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, as it rests in the waters of the Jordan that the waters of the Jordan will be cut off and the waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand up over a heap. You think about as they stood there that day, looking at this raging river in front of them, they must have been saying to themselves, this is impossible. What are you doing, God? We've been here 40 years and we haven't crossed over yet. This is silly. This is impossible. I can't believe, what, Joshua, what are you doing? You're going to get us all killed. You're going to get us drowned. And in their minds, there had to be a a part of them that thought, we cannot do this. Just like their fathers did 40 years earlier. We can't do this. And part of transitioning well is knowing that as you cross over, God does the impossible. Where the waters need to be parted, he parts them. Where the seas need to be split so you can cross on dry ground, he does it. Where the mountains need to be leveled, he does the impossible. Transitioning well requires that you just believe God to do some crazy stuff. That you just believe God to do something that is supernatural. Come on, we do the natural every day. The reason we serve God is he is super on our natural. God does the impossible. You just have to take the step. Verse 14, as the band comes back up. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream, they stood still, And they rose into a heap very far away at Adam, a city that is beside Zaratan. It was 19 miles away. Can you imagine that? God began to work miraculously. And as soon as the priests and the people, the leaders, they stepped into the water, the water backed up 19 miles away. And the scripture says that the Dead Sea was cut off below them and the waters backed up almost 20 miles away before them. God was working the miracle Of their inheritance right in front of their eyes. So the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, they felled and they were cut off. And at that point the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, they stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all of the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Now get this picture the people that were there, the priests, the Levites, the the leaders of the, the congregation in that time, as they held the presence of God high, they were the first ones in the water and they were the last ones out. And as they held the presence of God up, the entire congregation passed through beside them on both sides. And they stood there and they held the banner of God high until every single person made it over. Not one person was left in the wilderness. And that is what God is calling us to do as a church today. The reality is the 600 people that call this place home right now, you are the leaders. Because as soon in two weeks as we transition over there, God is going to send us a whole new congregation of people. It's time for you to stop being a spectator and become a participator and hold the banner high. Lift up the presence of the Lord and allow this city to cross under the presence of God and meet Jesus face to face. This is your mandate. Now look at me very closely. You can sit by idly, and you can watch it happen, or you can put your hands on the Ark of the Covenant and get your hands into the presence of God, and you can help do that. And here's what God does. It's not just for for the people as a whole. It's for you individually. It is your inheritance as much as it is this church's inheritance. And if you will grab a hold of the presence of God, and you will push forward, God will break down the barriers in your life, the things that have been holding you back, the mountains and the rivers that you need to cross they're going to be able to be crossed because you have helped this city cross over it's not just about generation church it's about you individually and if every single one of you cross over the congregation crosses over and we begin to see god do something great in this city stand up on your feet father we honor you today we bless you today god i thank you for the transition that you're bringing to us lord jesus Father, that we would transition well, God, that that we wouldn't be stuck on this side of our promise, that we would enjoy the promise of God for our lives, the things that you have created us to do. Lord, I pray that an excitement would rise up on the inside of us as we prepare, as we have camped out on this side of the Jordan, that in the next two weeks when we cross over, we take the presence of God with us and we make a way for this entire city to come to get to know you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that not one person would be left out. I pray that not one person would remain in the wilderness. I pray, God, that we would be aggressive for the things that you have given us, God, and we would make our lives count in Jesus' name. If you're here this weekend, and you have been facing the mountain, the obstacle, the river in your life. You know that you have a purpose and a destiny. You know there's got to be more that God has called you to. But you have not been able to cross over. You've been camped out for the past decade, the past 20 years, the past 30 years. You've been camped out in the wilderness and you're waiting for God to help you transition. Right now is your time. This weekend is your season. This is your opportunity. Don't leave this place and remain in the wilderness. If you you're here today and you know that God has got you on the edge of the river and you're ready to go, I want you to lift your hand so I can pray for you. Don't stand in the same place. Let the former days be gone and let God do a new thing. Let it rise up in your heart. Let God do something that he's never done in your life before. Let him help you make your days count. Make a mark on eternity. Last time, anybody else before I pray? You can put your hands down. Father, I bless you. I thank you for this team of people, God. I pray that we would not remain where we are, but that we would transition well, God, and that we would see you do the miraculous, the impossible, that you would level obstacles and mountains, God, and that you would give us the promise of the nations of this world as our inheritance, God, and that you would fulfill us at our very core. Now, if you're here this weekend, and you have never transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You've never given your life to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity right now. It is the first transition that you will ever make, and it is the best transition that you will ever make. So you're here today. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, I want you to lift your hand up, and I want you to shout, and I want you to clap, and I want you to receive what God has for you. If you're here and your relationship with God has veered off course, then I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. Are you ready? You know you need a relationship with God. One, there's something stirring on the inside of your heart. Two, you don't want to miss it. Three, go ahead, lift up your hand. Let me pray for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Who else is here today? Go ahead and lift your hand up high. I'm not going to embarrass you. You need to transition today. You need to meet Jesus today. You need to have everything that God has for you. Your old life is done. Your new life is right here in front of you today. Come on, Generation Church. Let's encourage them one more time. So proud of you. The scripture says this. That if you can say with your words what you believe in your heart, if you can make a confession that Jesus is Lord, that a very natural prayer that something supernatural happens, that all of heaven stands to attention, that the angels of God, they begin to throw a party, and, and God does something in you. He transitions you from one kingdom to the next, from an old life to a new life. And I want to help you today to say with your words what's happening in your heart. Those of you joining us by video this weekend as we pray, I want to encourage you to pray with us. Believe it in all of your heart. Email us and send us a note. Let us know what God's doing in your life. Those of us here, are we ready to pray? Let's pray nice and loud. Say this with me. Say, Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sin. Forgive me of all of my mistakes and make me a new person, God. Help me to transition into all that you have created me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's lift it up to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.